Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out episode 644. Unfortunately, this week, we lost the Iron Sheik. He passed away at the age of 81 years old. One of the most iconic characters, one of the best heels in professional wrestling. Someone who people would love to boo. I And, and hi, it's Chris here, guys. Um, and I think he was, like, one of the first, like, mega heels Especially when he came into the, what was it, the WWF and all of the, you know, conflicts that the United States had with Iraq and Iran and, you know, that whole Middle Eastern area. Um, So he was maybe maybe one of the first, you know, super heels. He was on the Howard Stern show a lot and all the shoot interviews that he did, I think, kind of made him even more famous than he already was. Yes, from all, you know, we are a PG podcast. Just uh, because yeah. of how outlandish he was. <laughs> yes, but apparently it was all a, it was all a work. <laughs> he was working I mean, all of us. There's a probably, lot of professional yeah. wrestlers that uh, have been out this week. Uh, you know, Brian Myers tweeted, he goes, I spent the entire day at a table at a convention right next to the Iron Sheik, and he was a lovely person. No, and, and I think people people would try to, like, rile him up to try to get him to say things. I know the Howard Stern Show did that a lot. I know yeah. we tried to do that <laughs> on Twitter. Yes, always. But that was before we, we knew that his Twitter wasn't him. But he got his start in amateur wrestling and was actually the assistant coach for the U.S. Olympic squads in the 70s. So I think that's pretty cool. Yep. But he started in pro wrestling. Uh, uh, for AWA being trained by Vern Gagne and Billy Robinson. And then eventually got his biggest break in the 80s for WWE, where he beat Bob Backlund for the championship and then would later lose that title to Hulk Hogan, which is often credited as the birth of Hulkamania. Yeah, well, I, you know, and I, I just said it two seconds ago. Yeah, beating uh, you know, Hulkamania. I'm a I'm a real American coming being out and beating somebody from the Middle East, uh, you know, especially at that time, you know, was catapulted him to the moon. And then he would go on to become tag team champions with Nikolai Volkov, and then he would become Colonel Mustafa with uh, Sergeant Slaughter in the '90s. And when Slaughter was the Iraqi sympathizer, mm-hmm. he managed the Sultan. I believe he managed Tiger Ali Singh as well. Did but he? I forgot his last, I guess, official match for WWE was the gimmick battle royal at WrestleMania 17, which he won. I think mainly because he wasn't like able to be dumped over the top rope at that point. Okay, but people still cheered that, so I think that's a cool ending. But he would later appear sporadically for WWE in segments where some I've been there for. In uh, 2007, they, for some reason, did WWE Idol. <laughs> and Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov came out to, for, well, for Nikolai to sing. And uh, they had Maria as a judge, Mick Foley. Uh, William Regal was playing the Simon Cowell character. They also did a Saturday Night Live spoof intro for a 2009 Monday Night Raw that I was there, which was guest hosted by Roddy Piper and, like, Everything kept going like he wanted the Iron Chef and the Iron Chef Bobby Flay. And then the Bella Twins brought in the Iron Sheik instead. So I thought that was funny. Luis Guzman was part of that segment. Um, One that I wasn't there for, but I think I will definitely quote this not often, but somewhat uh, throughout the year was when Zack Ryder was trying to get into the VIP lounge. 
But yes. MVP, he was MVP was letting like everybody in except for Zack Ryder, and then Iron Sheik showed up, and Ryder's like, "What? Are you serious, bro? You're letting him in and not me?" And and Sheik turns to him, he goes, "Ho ho ho! You know it, Jabroni." And I think that's one of the funniest uh, segments that WWE has ever done. Yeah, yeah, but very his, funny. His Hall of Fame speech, I think, was another one like the Bushwhackers and Bob Backlund that was just like. It's energetic, I guess I could say. <laughs> but like I mentioned earlier with his shoot interviews, pushing him to new levels and, and his Twitter account as well. Um, I think we could all picture his tweets that were not technically from his mouth. I think we could all picture his tweets being his yeah. and, and his Vine videos from 2013. I thought were so good. Like the fork knife spoon like i thought his vine videos were so good and uh that was a a big part of wrestlemania 29 weekend for me and he's still even like relevant to this day too because you know last year john morrison uh and ty valkyrie put out a a horror short called the iron sheik massacre which is essentially about uh an ljn figure that uh was going around killing people so which received a lot of acclaim through a lot of uh independent movie uh you know uh contests and stuff like that awards i'm um, terrible at words dave and i met him in 2013 and he did a bumper for us and i was so nervous because when he went to record it someone from his team like interrupted him and he legitimately started to like yell at them <laughs> and i was like oh, oh my god and like i immediately stopped recording because I, I didn't know if i was gonna get yelled at or anything yeah but like we've, uh, and it was like him yelling like we've seen on the Howard Stern show and other places. So I yes. was like, oh my God. But when he was actually talking to us and interacting with us, like you said, with Brian Myers, he could not have been nicer. I know. And he was so happy to do the bumper for us. And I thought that was so cool. He was, I think, uh, I mean, he introduced the, the word jabroni in wrestling. Which The Rock borrowed and made it into that household term. It's officially a dictionary word. Yeah, so we got we to gotta thank the Iron Sheik for that one. So uh, we would like to offer up our condolences to his family, his friends, and all the fans around the world. And pay tribute to Iron Sheik with a 10-bell salute. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Marking Out, Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 644, and we thank you for listening to this online listening experience in podcast form. 
Uh, several ways you could do that. You could subscribe on all of your major podcasting applications except for uh, the Apple Podcast app. I don't know. Um, you can follow us on social media, facebook.com slash marking out, twitter.com slash marking out, tiktok.com slash marking out, at marking out, whatever it is. I don't know. I'm not a tiktoker. Um, YouTube and instagram.com slash marking out 11. You can email us at marking out one at gmail.com. You can buy our merchandise at pro slash marking out. My name is Chris. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Sweendog. Uh, Dave is back in the USA. Uh, he's, is he here to this week? No, no, he's not. Okay, he's not here this week. But you can follow him at David PTDPT if you want to see all of the selfies. Uh, and as you heard in the open, and just now I'm here with the heart and soul of marking out a social media influencer in his own right, Brandon, who you can follow on all the social media fronts at BTTG161. Brandon, how you doing? I'm doing awesome as always. How about yourself? I am doing well. It's been uh, another crazy week. We're coming to the end of the school year, uh, and I get to go to Disney World next week. So unfortunately, I'm not going to be on the podcast next week. So because more important things. I mean, it's a crazy week. To uh, it's going to be hot. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and this week, uh, we finished essentially finished off lacrosse season, which I'm uh, very excited about because it was a 14 hour day of the Long Island Championship. So congratulations to all the Nassau teams that won the Long Island Championships. Um, and this week it's just been filming concerts. I have baseball to do this weekend, and then uh, a couple short assignments next week, and then it's on a plane to Disney. So I'm pretty stoked nice. about that. Yeah, I can't wait, man. Um, I was looking at, like, you know how they have, like, the cre- those websites that show you, like, what the crowds are in particular days? I don't think it, you could trust that anymore. No, like DTA, brother. Um, but I'm excited to do After Hours at Epcot because – Rachel, my wife, is telling me that uh, it's going to be very light. So, still, it is that... uh, unlimited Mickey bars or no? I have no clue. Well, I don't I know, know if that comes with food or not. I'm. I, I think it comes with like a twenty ounce drink and like a snack or something like that. But like, you know, we're going to adult at Disney, so we're going to, you know, I want to go to La Cava. I want to go to Tequila Bar in Mexico. I want to get my frozen beers in Japan. Um, I want to have a real. I want to have a nice hangover. So next morning when I go to Chef Mickey for breakfast. <laughs> I'm uh, <laughs> nourishing myself with everything uh, that I need. I'm really stoked about it, but I just have to get through uh, this weekend. But what about yourself, Brandon? Are you planning, by the way, are you planning to go to any concerts or no? No, no, no. We've got a – so like Thursday night we get in. We're doing – I think we're doing T-Rex for dinner. Um, and then Friday we're in Magic Kingdom. Saturday we're in Hollywood Studios. My Father's Day present. It's Father's Day weekend too, which is pretty awesome. Um, Father's Day I'm gonna be making a lightsaber. That's my Father's Day present, which I'm mm. pretty stoked about. Uh, and then Sunday we're in Epcot again because uh, that's our favorite park, and it's you know we're staying at Beach Club, so it's uh, walking distance from there. And then uh, Monday we come home the 19th, and then it's graduation season as I come back, and it's I think I have to do four graduate no one two three four graduations and a lacrosse showcase. Uh, and then it's the summer. So I was going to say, if you, if you went prior to Sunday to Epcot, you could have seen Vertical Horizon sing that one song they sing. She's everything. <laughs> that one? Yeah. So, um, But when you're there, uh, Tony Orlando will be there, and I'm, I'll be very jealous that oh, yeah. you could potentially be walking by the pavilion and hear something like uh, Knock Three Times. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll take videos and I'll send it to you. Well, my, I made a really nice Disney vlog for um 
you know, as the last time we went last year is like a keepsake. So my daughter watches it all the time. She's like, Daddy, we have to vlog the entire trip again this time. And I know what I want to do. We got to start it off where you just do you zoom into the sign that says zero days until Disney. And then you wake me up. She's like playing. She's like directing the whole thing. I'm like, all right, all right, executive producer, Madeline. Um, I, uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully, hopefully you'll be able to get on Guardians and Tron. I think so. That's that's a, that's like our main goal for Epcot uh, after hours is, um, is, is that you, part of it? Is yeah. Oh right, yes, they opened Guardians it up for the open. first time. Yeah. Right. Last oh, week, and or I two didn't... weeks ago, they did. Yeah. Oh, and I'm, I I forgot to talk about it because I'm talking about my week ahead. But this week, um, I went to the movie theaters and I saw Spider Man across the Spider Verse. Hearing really good things about it. I heard they're uh, releasing a new cut this weekend. Really. Yeah, it just because came out last people were well because people were complaining about audio in some in some scenes. I had so I think they toned down the music because they couldn't hear dialogue or something. Okay, okay, I can see that, but um, I thought it was fantastic. I I didn't see the first. I haven't seen the first one like full. The first. I, oh, you haven't seen it in a while. I, I thought no, you were but saying I, no, you haven't seen it. In I've seen bits and pieces. I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I've never seen the, oh. the movie in its entirety. Um, so I planned maybe Sunday. Or, or maybe even Saturday night, going back and watching uh, watching it because it was great. Um, Spider Man Across the Spider Verse was awesome. Um, I hated the ending, and that's all I'll say. <laughs> um, so um, go check it out; it was really good. I took my son and one of his friends uh, this week, which is really cool. So, um, and what about yourself, Brandon? Well, let me ask you this. Okay. Do you like cheesecake? Because you went to the Cheesecake Factory again for your weekly... Uh... Yes, but listen to this. They, If you sign up, they have Cheesecake Rewards now. for sign, Just for signing up, they give you a free slice of cheesecake. Really? You get cheesecake on your birthday now, but you have to sign up. So it's like before, they would give you like a little tiny shot glass with a scoop of ice cream okay. for your birthday. Now they're giving you shoot cheesecake, and that's like a fantastic thing. <laughs> so I signed up, and I decided to try the Mango Key Lime Cheesecake. I love and key lime, so so it's it's topped with mango mousse and it's on a vanilla coconut macaroon crust. Oh wow, brother! You're talking. I my don't language like here. I don't like mango. I don't really like lime. <laughs> Why'd you get it? But I I decided to try it because it's like it's like I'm not paying for it, so I might as well just like try it, whatever. And if I like it, I like it. I have to say, it was quite delightful. Yeah. It was, really great. it was very tropical tasting, and I, I will definitely add that to the cheesecakes that I get. Do you have, like, a checklist would, now? I don't have a checklist, but in my head, I think I, 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 I know which ones I have and haven't for the most part. Okay. I, I Maybe, like, five flavors that I haven't had out of all of the menu. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. What else? But I also made fried rice this week, and okay. I... I think the only part where I messed up was doing the scallions because those, like, I guess wilted. But I put scallions, eggs, carrots, peas, celery. I I got snow peas, baby corn. And I think maybe it might have also needed a little bit more salt. But I think it's the best fried rice that I've ever made at my house. Okay. Most recipes, when you look up fried rice, they're like, oh, you need ginger. You need sesame oil. And, you got all the ginger, brother. But I've learned my lesson with that because I don't need – I think both of those ingredients bring down the dish. And I don't think you'll find either ginger or sesame oil in like New York Chinese restaurant style fried rice. 
So, I mean, it could it could be in there, but it could just be like a touch, just to you know. Yeah, that's possible. But I would say just leave it out and try to find a New York Chinese restaurant recipe because I think that's a, like the actual. When I think of fried rice, it's obviously that's my go-to. Yeah, my go-to. Why did I say that weird? <laughs> but other than that, the the wildfires that are happening currently, I think, are pretty surreal. Up yeah, in Canada, all the smoke blew down towards us, and to, what was it during? What was it, Wednesday or something? Yeah, Wednesday. It was Wednesday orange. left the whole outside orange, and then like yellowish green or whatever. It smelled like smoke. I mean, it's, I hope everybody it's, it's, that it's was affected nice. is fine. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, yeah, even seeing stuff from Yankee Stadium. I don't know how they played. That was ridiculous. They didn't. They didn't play that day. They didn't. So they canceled the game. At- no, they postponed the game at 4 o'clock, and yesterday was a, a 4 p.m. doubleheader. But were people um, still at Yankee Stadium? Yeah, because the press and the media has to get there early to you know do everything that they have to do and pre-tapes mm. and all that stuff. But you know, they canceled. They uh, can't, they postponed the game till the next day. I saw the and Cyclones Yankee... played though, and I was like, "How are you playing in this?" Yeah, like the what was it? The AQI, AQI which now is like the new term for every everybody knows it now. Is was Air like quality index. Yeah, it was like four hundred something. Dave I uh, flew into it, had no idea what was going on. I know. He's like, this is. He's like, I got to put on a second mask. I don't know what's going on. I told him I was like, you better mask up. He goes, why? I was like, brother, are you not seeing anything? And then he sent me a video of him landing yesterday. I'm like, when you looked outside and saw this, you didn't think anything of it. <laughs> Right now in Eisenhower Park, the AQI is good. So it, it yeah, the the sky today I see there's some blue. The the sun is not orange like it has been. So I know I you know what I I'm kind of bummed because I took my drone out, um like after the orange uh, the orange wave you could say, uh came, um and it still was crazy. You know my mom my parents are in uh, Italy and like all that stuff right oh, now. Oh man, I've been seeing pictures from them that look like uh having a great time i know my, and i think my my sisters are very excited for them to be home so they can just schlep their kids over there no i'm kidding <laughs> you know no i but no but you know I, I i miss my mother too but you know she's deserves this trip should have uh, should have uh, asked them to record a video of them in italy yelling silencio bruno <laughs> no i'm good yeah, they were like <laughs> what does that even mean chris i'm like listen brother don't worry about it um but yeah, no, they they come back uh, tomorrow. If you're listening to this on Saturday today, so, um, so if you want to meet them at the airport, <laughs> yeah, if you want to eat them, I told my mom she's like, "What do you want?" I'm like, "Extra virgin olive oil, like real Italian extra virgin olive oil." I think I'm gonna go to like some like Brooklyn bakery and get a nice loaf of Italian bread and just sit there and just be fat. It's gonna be great. Um, anyway, so yeah, two uh, solid weeks and great weeks coming up. Um, let's talk about professional wrestling. Because there was a whole bunch of it. I want to go back. I mentioned last week how I was in attendance at FWF Live 5. but was told I can't spoil it. Uh, this week it premiered on the Premier Streaming Network. Um, and as I said last week, there was something on this card for everybody. There was a lot of different wrestling. There was a lot of good wrestling. Um, and it started off with the Boozin' with the Toys pre-show match. So it was, they, they dubbed it the Free for Some pre-show match because... Um, if you're familiar with the Major Wrestling Figure podcast, they have a Facebook group where you know you can buy and sell and trade action figures and stuff like that. You can talk to Brian, Matt, Mark, Cole Cabana's in there, Danhausen's in there. Um, so they do uh, every month for Patreon members. They do what's called boozing with the toys. They sit back, they have a couple drinks, they talk about action figures, they bring special guests on. So they had a pre-show match in that 
whatever it was, live stream or whatever, where TJ Crawford picked up their victory over Dante Drago. Um, this was a great... Um, Anthony Capozzi is texting me right now saying this record rules on something. I'll get back to him in a second. Uh, it was, I thought this was a good uh, match between two guys that are making their names on the Indies and also TJ Crawford, who was has been injured for a long time, coming back from that, uh, and he had a very toyetic look, which was great. Uh, however, the main show kicked off with a work-rate match as Jake Sterling defeated Merrick Miami. Um, I thought this match was good. Again, very solid indie uh, indie wrestling here with uh, Jake Sterling picking up the victory. I didn't know. He's uh, trained by Tyson Kidd and Italian Neidhart. Oh, nice. Yeah, he came out. He had the uh, all the pink and black going on. Um, and if you watched it, you could definitely see me all over the place on this. Yes. Uh, yeah. And Brandon saw all the gifts and everything like that. Um, the FWF hardcore title was defended as Max Mashmaster defended against Aaron Rourke. Aaron Rourke, man, he's another one of those creative pro guys. I think he, and I think the sentiment is over a lot of people. He's that next creative pro guy that's going to break out. He's got the look. He's got the abilities to it. Uh, he went into a match here against Max Mashmaster. If you're not familiar with him, he's a former Chikara Champions de Barajas, um, a big opposing guy, uh, and Aaron Rourke got his butt kicked. He did have a lot of great offense in here, uh, but it was Max Mashmaster getting the victory. You had a women's match on the card. It was supposed to be Steph DeLander versus Notorious Mimi, who I did not know was in NXT. Yes. I had no clue. What was it? Is Sloan something or other? Oh, yeah, Sloan Jacobs. Sloan jo- Jacobs. Uh, unfortunately, Steph DeLander could not make it. As they always say, card's subject to change. But it was Gabby Forza, create a pro standout, uh, unfortunately, getting defeated by Notorious Mimi. Um, both of these women... As we talk about the FWF, it's a figure wrestling federation. It's the major wrestling figure podcast. You want characters that are going to be toyetic. And I think both Gabby and Notorious Mimi were very, very toyetic. Mimi comes out with these giant, like, angel's wings that come out during the... <laughs> she opens up during the um, her entrance. Gabby, her nickname is the Nomi. So she's got the gnome. She's got a very toyetic look to her as well. And this, for her third match, I thought she was very impressive. You know, she's, you know, as they said, she's a, a semi-pro football player and a, a power lifter. Uh, so she brought that that energy there. And I thought Mimi was great. And Mimi's somebody I definitely want to see a lot more of going forward because, you know, I wasn't familiar with her going into this match. Now I am. And now I'm going to keep an eye out for some of her stuff. Yeah, I was surprised when she was released. Yeah, so, I mean, well, that was that mass exodus of people being released from uh, WWE and NXT. So, um, Next up, we had Heath defending the Interstate Championship against Bobby Orlando. Um, I thought this match was very fun. There was a lot of fun spots they did with uh, Bobby Orlando and Bobby Jr. If you're not familiar with Bobby Jr., Bobby Orlando comes out with a stuffed goat. Um, and ultimately, it was Bobby Orlando being distracted by Heath giving... Bobby Jr. a DDT uh, for the one two three. It was really cool to see Heath live in action with thirty oh, people. Oh baby, yeah, he was great, man. <laughs> Somebody was making a chance, saying like "f that goat, f that goat." And you hear Heath audibly say, "He's like, nah, man, I'm not saying that. I'm not getting canceled, man." <laughs> <laughs> Matt, I would Mark- just want, like at this point, I think I would just want to hear him say "Oh baby," and who's Lucy? Yeah, no, he said he came out and he said, oh, baby. He just comes out of the room. He's like, oh, baby, you know, going nuts. It was great. Um, during that match, I really had to go to the bathroom because we had a bunch of major PBRs. So right as that match ended, I just bolted right to the bathroom. And it was great because 
somebody was leaving the bathroom, so the door opened. I just went boom right in. Ah, oh, it was fantastic. I just had to share that shinfo for to everybody. <laughs> Matt Cardona successfully defended the internet title, the Jericho Cruise Oceana Championship, and the Wrestling Showcase Championship against Philip Cardigan. Um, this match had something for everybody. It had comedy spots. It had good wrestling. Um, you know, Matt is fantastic. And I thought Philip Cardigan, too, he can go. He's got this very funny, you think he's just a straight comedy wrestler that does comedy stuff. But no, he was actually, you know, putting in the work in the ring. It was funny at the beginning where they're like, oh, yeah, we just rused you guys. You know, this isn't going to be a match. You're just going to do the finger poke of doom and that's going to be it. But, you know, Philip Cardigan changes it and they have a match. I liked how Philip Cardigan brought out the broski wig and pretended to be Philski giving Matt the broski boot, but ultimately, uh, you know, it was a couple ref bumps and Sunil uh, coming in, his new uh, heater in the FWF, to help Matt get the victory here. So, uh, cool about that, and uh, I got to give Matt the middle finger with one of his, uh, if, you saw, if you saw the broadcast, I was one of the guys giving him the middle finger with his uh, middle finger phone finger. So, that was fun. FWF tag titles are on the line. You have new champions. It's Leo Sparrow and VSK defeat Brian Myers and Captain Joe Shoes in what was dubbed the Power Town Tag Team Showcase. Uh, have you seen some of these figures, Brandon, online and stuff the, like that? The like Power the Town Bendems? The, no, the Power Town figures. No. Uh, look these things up, man. They're, they look incredible. I haven't got my hands on any of them. Uh, but they're doing like all old school, like Bruiser Brody, Magnus. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course I've gun. seen those. Yeah. yeah, they look fantastic. Um, they all had that leg problem, and then they went and fixed it. And they went and fixed it, and apparently they're incredible. And so, uh, Texas Tornado. Kerry Von Erich is uh, delayed or something? Yeah, and then they're making Remco-style figures with them, too. Yeah, um, yeah I don't, I don't I I know mean, you're obsessed with those. I don't I'm not know. obsessed with them. What do you I mean? Like, you collect literally all of those. I know. I'm missing the fourth set, though, So because I haven't seen them at my Walmart yet. Um, but Leo Starro, VSK... New tag team champions after match. Brian turns on Captain Joe Shoes, um, and uh, yeah, so it looks like it's going to set up. A few. It was supposed to be Shoes's like retirement match, but I don't think that's happening because FWF Live Six. Maybe we'll see some sort of repercussion, uh, you know, retaliation from Captain Joe Shoes on Brian Myers. Uh, one maybe, thing maybe that he'll was come back as the Blob, <laughs> or uh, Maximus Sex Powers, or uh, what was his other one? He had another gimmick, Yoko Shuna. That was in so, FWF, yeah. oh, nice. but. <laughs> He comes back as the blob. That'd be great. I don't know, man. He's super over as uh, Captain Joe Shoes. Even Brandon Walker on wrestling uh, still remembers him from that Creator Pro show. So, but it was really cool when he was the blob, though, that he actually met the guy that played the blob and gave him a mask. Oh, nice. That's awesome. I thought that was cool. Yeah, that is very cool. Um, you had Jay George. If you're not familiar with Jay George, another Creator Pro guy, North uh, Northeast uh, wrestling guy. On every FWF, he's done the Jay George Open Challenge. Um, this one was a little bit different as it went through the entire show. Um, in the beginning of the show, Mark Sterling says, hey, I'm on the way. I'm going to face you for the J. George Open Challenge. But his Uber driver, unfortunately, was Teddy Goods, and Teddy Goods abducted him and took him to where his store. T- oh, no, that, I was going to say where to, Mark, but that was that was the other video. With, no, uh, where he said where, he said where to Sterling. So, oh, he did do it then. Yeah, he did do it. Uh, abducted him to his toy store, uh, Kojo's Toy World in the New England area, and they had like a cinematic, fun wrestling match where like J. George and Teddy Goods abducted Mark and were doing a quote unquote toy hunt in Kojo's Toy World. 
like making fun of like the major bendies, making fun of the major buddies, making fun of their action figure, making fun of the major action figures. Um, Mark was eventually saved by CPA, and they had a fun cinematic. Oh man, that that was such a fantastic spot. Oh, I know. Where Which he pulled w- off the open up the shirt. Yeah, <laughs> it's always a fun spot. Uh, this match then spilled from Kojo's Toy World into, um, into the Creative Pro Arena as CPA uh, defeated J. George in the ring. Uh, I thought it was fun. Uh, very great use because, uh, you know, to pull the curtain back a little bit, FWF Live 5 was filmed on Sunday the 28th, which was the same day as Double or Nothing. So Mark Sterling was a double or nothing so they filmed that beforehand um and i thought it was a very great use of cinematic wrestling here um and in your main event you had colt boom boom combata defend the fwf championship against the creative pro champion but his title wasn't on the line uh bryce donovan so colt cabana debuting uh, some new gear here and it was awesome it was it was uh, it was a great colt cabana match that's all i can really say about it it was fun trying to get a new major bendy no he uh maybe Hey, listen, with the ticket for the show, I got a FWF exclusive Cole Cabana, so I'm stoked about that. Signed? Um, no, because we didn't hang out to get signed. I really wanted to get it signed, but, like, he wasn't, like, for five, ten minutes after, he wasn't by ring where everybody was selling, like, gimmicks and stuff like that. Um, so next time I see him at an indie show or whatever, I'll have to bring it so I can get it signed by him. Because, you know, Cole's one of my uh, all-time favorites. So um, I, at the beginning, they were trying to, like... <laughs> They're trying to like make sure like things that they were doing was legal was was you know acceptable. And who's sitting in front row? Bob Cardona. So they're looking at Bob like, Bob, is this okay? He's like, Bob's gonna allow it. Allow it. We'll allow it. Let's go. <laughs> Which I thought was fun. But all in all, FWF Live Five, I thought it was a fantastic event. Um, maybe just just me because I'm partial, but th- I think there was something for everybody on there. So uh, if you haven't watched it yet, go back on the Premier Streaming Network and check it out. Uh, real quick before we talk about AEW, I want to talk about GCW quickly. Uh, they had Tournament Survival Weekend this past weekend at the Showboat Hotel. Um, and you had uh, Rina Yamashita defeat John Wayne Murdoch in the finals to win uh, Tournament Survival 8. She did go on the next night to face off against Masha Slamovich in a cage of survival match in which Masha was successful in defending her title. Uh, But we do have a new GCW champion as afterwards Blake Christian cashed in his quote-unquote brass ring and uh, cashed in against Masha and we have a new GCW champion. So congratulations to Blake Christian. Um, Congratulations. I don't know if you saw the spot on Twitter and social media, Brandon, where like, Mosh was laid out on that like cage that was hanging outside the ring that had glass on it. And yes, I did see that. Re- like, what a spot, bro! Like, I know you're not a deathmatch wrestling person, but I thought it was. I don't think I've seen something like that in the deathmatch wrestling that I've watched, and I thought it was very cool and very innovative. So, congratulations to Rena, congratulations to Masha, and I guess congratulations to Blake Christian on uh, a successful GCW weekend. And you know, I know they're going to Japan soon. They have events coming up, so. Uh, if anything big happens, we will. Uh, I'll make sure to talk about it. But let's go to AEW now. Let's talk about Rampage, the championship edition Friday from the VA House Arena in San Diego, California. You had four championship matches, nothing else, no promos, nothing like that. And I thought all these matches delivered. First of all, off, you have your AAA Mega Championship. He- El Hijo de Vikingo defeats Drillistico and Commander. Uh, this was Lucha Libre at its finest. 
That's all I, I can think, really say. I do think parts of this were like too choreographed looking, and you could see them like actually calling spots. Okay, but aside from that, I enjoyed it. I think, uh, I the I think the thing that pissed me off the most here was that they had a Vuvuzela somewhere. Okay, yes, yes. Like it's not an advertised match. There's no way someone's showing up to AEW with a Vuvuzela or whatever they're using the horn. So you... I thought that was so goofy that they like. And but, it was only for that match. I know, but again, you know, as I said last week too, San Diego is a very Hispanic. There's no way that from Dynamite and then also this episode, there was no like not once was it blown except for that match. I know. Well, I, don't I thought know. that was so goofy. I don't think it was a fan. I think they like planted that or something. <laughs> Plants. All right. Um, actually, there was one promo we kind of have to talk about, which was Jeff Jarrett, Karen Jarrett, Sanjay Dutch, Jay Lethal, Saddam Singh, this whole contingency talking about, you know, how there's going to be, you know, they're thrown out. If they're thrown out, they're going to get fined. They're going to get suspended. If anybody should be fined and suspended, it's AEW. They backed him into a corner. Jeff Jarrett goes on to talk about how, you know, they're the heat here. They're fire breathing heat. They're interrupted by Mark Briscoe saying that he spoke to Tony Khan saying that there's not going to be any suspensions because if they're not here, they're not going to be able to face them. And Karen well, Jarrett... Wa- Sanjay was... They they did say Sanjay was getting suspended for what he did. Yeah. So, but Mark Briscoe says there's not going to be because then they can't give them a butt whooping. And he says, who are they talking about? We? It's then Aubrey Edwards. Aubrey Edwards and Karen Jarrett start strangling each other. It's a big shakedown. That's it. So... um. I mean, I know Mark Briscoe said he's not going to do any more tag team wrestling, but this is a mixed tag team match. So, you know, it, it's cool. I'm about it. I could, you know, Karen, seeing Karen Jarrett in a ring is going to be uh, interesting. And seeing Aubrey in a ring, too, is going to be interesting, too. So let's continue on, though, with the action. You had Zack Sabre Jr. defend the NJPW World Television Championship against Action Andretti. Um, I haven't seen... Jack Zack Sabre Jr. wrestling a really long time, and I think I'm finally coming around, coming around to Zack Sabre Jr. Oh, I mean, I was gonna I say because like these days I kind of find him kind of boring, but I, I see... think this was Andretti's probably his best TV match to date. Yeah, because you have you're in there, but again, I always say styles make fights, and I agree that especially Action Andretti is more of a high flying guy, and I think the yeah, it was technical versus high flying here. Yes, and I thought it was it was it was very cool, and I enjoyed it. Um, you know, obvi- and, and in the end too, when he had him in the the one, he catches him out of the one jo- uh, arm bar, and then puts the other one on, and makes him uh, submit. So, also, I know even though they announced Okada versus Brian Danielson oh for God, Forbidden we, Door Two. Okay, okay could we can we put a pin. We put a pin in that until after Rampage. Well, I'm just saying, I know that even though they announced that, I think more people were hoping to see him versus Sabre Jr. No, sorry. Yes, 100%. I know. Well, I, well, who cares about them? I'm boned up about Brian okay. Danielson versus Joe okay. <laughs> I'm moving over to Willow Nightingale, picking up the victory over Emi Sakura to retain the Ring of Honor. No, not the Ring of Honor. The and New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Championship. What do you think about this, Brandon? Um, this is what I would have liked for Chris Statlander's match to have been like. Why? Because this was more like. Also, I would have liked to have seen more offense from, from, uh, from that, Willow here. 
And that's the one thing that I kept thinking about during this match, because a lot of this match was controlled by Amy Sakura. And this was Willow Nightingale's, I believe it was her first title defense. Yeah, so I would have liked I was, to have seen a lot more from offense from Willow there. I know, and it especially because Willow is a, a bigger, more empowering force than Emi Sakura. I and I, I kept thinking about you, and I kept thinking about the Chris Statlander. But but also, Emi Sakura has been proven to be like that. I don't care. I'll do what I want. Sort of thing. And she did a lot of that in this match. But yeah, I think I would have liked to have seen the uh, like. I can't describe it, I guess, in my head right now, but I would have liked to have seen a majority of this played off last week with Chris Statlander, with it being Emmy Sakura rather than Nyla Rose. Okay. All right. Well, you know, I, I kept thinking about you during this match because I was just like, uh, uh, you know, it was, it was kind of like the same builds here. Yeah. So, um, but Dr. Willow gets the Dr. Bomb for the pin. Moving on now to your main event, Katsuyori Shibata successfully defends his Ring of Honor Pure Championship against Lee Moriarty um, in what was a, a very pure rules match. A lot of submissions, a lot of transitions from triangles, but ultimately it was Shibata getting the sleeper holds for the win. I'd like to see the judges so. come into place at some time. Okay, I mean, that could be something because it looks like it's starting, you know, after the match, Daniel Garcia comes out to the ring and gets in Shibata's face. So they did announce during this that Death Before Dishonor would be July Oh, 21st. I was assuming this would be for Forbidden Door. That, it could be that too. Um, but even though he's the Ring of Honor pure champion, so I don't know what Ring of Honor and AEW right, yeah. would have to do. So it, this could be just setting up for uh, Death Before Dishonor. Well, I mean, Ring of Honor is AEW, so it's like, yeah, so. I wouldn't be too surprised. We'll see. We shall see. But also, this, by the way, was last week. This is exactly, we already knew the results before watching the show. But it, so, it was good wrestling. I thought the whole show, I mean, the Lucha match was, you know, Lucha, and, you know, you said it too, it was the spots were very, you know, feels like very planned out, but it was an hour of solid, fun wrestling. Too, especially the spot, especially the lucha spot in the beginning, where they're all like trying to do cross bodies on each other in the ring, and they just keep flopping over each other back and forth and back and forth. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that part. Uh, okay, so, um, all right. So before we talk about all elite wrestling, Brandon kind of mentioned it. You know, last week, Brandon said that you know they should do, they should have done a better job hyping up Forbidden Door and getting into Forbidden Door, and then New Japan came in over the weekend and said, "Hold my beer." I've got you because they set up two ginormous matches for Forbidden Door at New Japan Dominion this past weekend. As Brandon mentions, they set up Okada versus Dan- Brian Danielson. I almost did it again. Um, you know, with a well, I thought it was an outstanding promo from Brian Danielson. I, I thought it was visually stunning, especially talking about him. Say, oh, you're the best in the world. You're the rainmaker, but guess what? You're coming to the effing desert. There's going to be no rain. I got so pumped about that. They announced the match. It's going to be Brian Danielson versus Okada at Forbidden Door. Sick. And then, in a rematch from this year's Wrestle Kingdom, it will be Kenny Omega defending his IWGP United States title against Will Ospreay. So, two mega star power matches start uh, for Forbidden Door. I'm excited to see both these matches. Um, and now, let's continue on to AEW Dynamite from the Broadmoor World Arena 
in Colorado Springs, Colorado. You start off the match with three... Uh, no, uh, the International Championship is on the line. It's Orange Cassidy successfully defended against Swerve Strickland. Um, I thought this match was great. I thought it was... I thought Orange Cassidy came out swinging uh, in, in the beginning of this match, and uh, he picks up the W here. Yeah, this one had more back and forth. It wasn't yes. that typical Cassidy-esque match, but... I do feel like they went to the outside too many times. Okay. I did like that running DDT that Orange Cassidy hit off the apron, though. I thought that was pretty cool. But Prince Nana got involved, and Orange Cassidy ended up sidestepping him. And uh, Swerve accidentally, I guess, knocked Prince Nana off the apron. I think they had some good false finishes and good reversals in this match. Yeah, and Orange Cassidy got the victory by using Swerve's tights, just like Swerve was going to do to him. Yeah, so so eats what he sells. After the match, the Mogul Embassy runs down, beats up Orange Cassidy. Lights go out. Darby Allen and Sting are standing in the ring to help out Orange Cassidy. Mogul Embassy retreats. So it sets up. They announced it. Uh, it sets up for next week. It's going to be the Mogul Embassy versus Sting, Darby Allen, Orange Cassidy, and Keith Lee. So. so yeah, so that I like I don't understand what they're doing here. Because it's like some weeks it's Keith Lee versus Swerve and then I mean Dustin Rhodes got dropped from this now. Yeah, but you know, listen, Dustin Rhodes is at the twilight of his career, so maybe he's doing some more what backstage. Does that mean? It's like it doesn't kind of matter. A, yeah, but you know, after that match where he got all bloodied up and stuff like that, maybe it was that was the way to kind of send him off of this uh feud. So uh, after this, though, you have Daniel Bryan. Oh, guys, I, I keep doing that recently. I don't know what's wrong with it's me. It's fine. That's what his name is. Yeah, you Brian, spent too many years calling him that. Brian Danielson joins the commentary booth for Trio's action as the Blackpool Combat Club picks up the victory over Chaos, Tramperetta, Chuck Taylor, and Rocky Romero. I think for the people that were not familiar with Chaos, I think commentary did a very good job of explaining. You probably want to know why they're being called Chaos because in New Japan, these, these guys are aligned with uh, Okada. Blah, 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 blah. Um, but when are they going to let and, Sue again, wrestle? <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, you know, ultimately it was the Black Bull Combat. You think now, you think, because we saw it last week, Black Bull Combat Club getting a big trios win. We saw it this week now, Black Bull Combat Club. Do you think now, like, Forbidden Door, it's going to be Black Bull Combat Club versus some stable in New Japan? Because I know, like, going back to GCW this week, you know, this weekend, El Desperado wrestled in tournament survival, and he calls out John well, Moxley. His, he called, yeah, that match is taking place in New Japan. Though. That place, I know, but I feel like that would be a good match, and that could be a, a a good John Moxley esque match to have a Forbidden Door. But I, you know, it's already booked for July fourth and fifth in 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 Japan with the New York Rangers logo for some reason. I, it, you know, it looks, it's not a New York Rangers logo. <laughs> they, looks, they, and they changed it even to make it less like the New York Rangers logo. Yeah. Because I, be a lot of people like you were probably saying the same thing. So they're it just, didn't, I didn't understand why they Statue were doing of Liberty. that. It's, it's yeah, 4th no, of July it's, weekend. It's literally, come on. So you can look at that and know that that used to be the alternative logo with a little bit of a difference. So, but yeah, I don't know who the Blackpool combat club would face but they're really building up that Wheeler Yuta they're I guess they're trying to make him more like menacing I guess because even the the end of the match he was just elbowing Chuck Taylor even after they won yeah. and, and yeah. Brian's just like elbow 
Elbow, elbow. Yeah, he's the he's the ringleader of the Blackpool Combat Club. So yeah, but yeah, we knew the outcome of this match, but it seems like they're just trying to to make him more aggressive. Mm-hmm. And then the elite challenged the Blackpool Combat Club to a match next, next week, week in DC. So we'll see that whatever they're called, Hung Bucks or whatever. Are they the Hung Bucks? Are they, I believe are so. They, yeah, they're still the elite. No, they. Re- I think they refer to them as the Hung Bucks because it's uh, Adam Page and the the Bucks. Yeah. Okay. We talked about Will Ospreay, Kenny Omega, Forbidden Door. They had a nice hyped uh, video package uh, hyping it up. But next up was, I think this was my favorite segment of all of uh, Dynamite. Ooh, a lot of people were saying this was the worst segment of Dynamite. Ah, uh, yeah, because you, what what do we say? Twitter, 1% of anybody? MJF. But again, come, this, I mean, I don't know. This I, was... thought, I thought it was good. Um um, MGF comes out, says contracts are obligated to be here. He's bored. He has no competition. No one's on his level. Then Adam Cole comes out. You know something that I predicted last at the end of last year. Uh, you know MGF says, you know, when CM Punk left, uh, you know he was a kid. He fell in love with Ring of Honor. He fell in love with Adam Cole. Um, he watched him go to Florida. He watched him do all these things. He followed in his footsteps. Blah blah blah. He's not what he used to be. Now he's not the Panama City Playboy. He's the Panama City Game Boy. And then Adam Cole said, you're coming. I don't know if you know this, by the way. I don't. But the whole promo that MJF did was Adam Cole's promo from NXT. Really? Yeah, against Karrion Cross. Wow. Didn't yeah. know that. Wouldn't really... Uh, where, did you know that? Or did yeah. you see it on the internet? No, I, I knew that. Really? Okay. Because anyway, it was such a big promo that everybody was like, oh my god, Karrion Cross is dead. Like, this is it for his character. Really? Yeah. I had no I had no clue. But, uh, you, but with if MJF... Say, if, you could, if you could send that to me, please, I would appreciate it. I'll try that. to find it. Yeah. But with MJF's here, he brought up Vince McMahon. And he brought up being a fan of Vince McMahon and, and how Vince never saw Adam Cole as the top guy. And now he also agrees with Vince McMahon. And he does not see top guy in Adam Cole, and Adam Cole clapped back and said that nobody respects MJF, and he does the bare minimum to be champion. But Adam Cole, I guess, goaded MJF into saying that he'll wrestle him. Yep. We we just don't know when. Uh, next week, it's going to be Eliminator match. It's oh, going to be Adam Cole versus MJF. I thought that yeah, wasn't. I have when done. was that announced? Uh, I don't know, but I have the screenshot of it. I took a screenshot of it. <sighs> yeah. So next week for Dynamite, it's gonna yeah, it's gonna be uh, Adam Cole versus MJF in uh, an Eliminator match. Roderick Strong disappeared. Where'd he go? I don't know. Maybe he's just off this week. So maybe he's going Ring of Honor now. Uh, but I like this. I feel like something has to happen next week where MJF and Adam Cole don't face off. Just to extend the storyline to maybe it all out this year. Um, you know, because I really don't want them to touch until it's like a match set is for the AEW championship. Does that make right. sense? Yeah. So after this, though, we went backstage and saw the Hardys and Isaiah Cassidy, where Matt Hardy introduced Ethan Page and made Ethan Page apologize to Isaiah Cassidy. And he also wants to turn Ethan Page into a better human being. And they announced a match for. Rampage this week, which I don't understand because now Ethan Page is still with his other group. I don't. I don't know. Is it announced for Rampage this week? Yeah, because I'm looking at the graphic. If it's for, not Rampage, Rampage this, this week, week, then it's then it's Dynamite next week. But Dynamite next week. I only see four four matches announced for Dynamite next week. Then it has to be for Rampage tonight. 
Uh, Rampage, I only see four things announced for Rampage. And none Is of them. Ethan Page one of them? Nope, it's the Lucha Bros and Bandito versus Ethan Page. Oh, yeah. It is. Okay, I'm sorry. Maybe he's, <laughs> right. cut, maybe he's making him do that. I'm not too sure. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. But after that, we saw Jungle Hook pick up the victory over LFI, uh, who attacked Jungle Hook before the match. Yep. But this was a Texas Tornado match, which I didn't realize was going to be a Texas Tornado match. It was on all the graphics. Yeah, I didn't realize that. And it was all <laughs> over the place. Uh, Hook, I think Hook got busted open. I wasn't 100% sure. No, Preston Vance got busted open. Oh, like, it was Preston like, Vance that got yeah, busted you, open. It was you, just saw, you saw him. He looked like a stuffed pig. So Yeah, so Jose got involved and Jungle Boy made Drillistico tap out. That's the the gist yeah. of that match. I like the uh, T-bone suplex uh, off the ring apron through the table. I thought that was cool. After that, Tony Khan made a announcement for AW Collision, announcing that the Bullet Club Gold will be teaming up with Samoa Joe for some reason to take on FTR and CM Punk in the main event of AW Collision. Well, it, as we I think we talked about it last week, Bullet Club Gold I think is going to go after the AEW Tag Team Titles, and also the I'm I I can't wait to see Samoa Joe and CM Punk in the ring, especially after the storied lineage they have from Ring of Honor of all those matches that they had. Um, so that's cool, and you know it's CM CMFTR. So um, I, I think it's I, a big big miss by not having Brock Anderson versus Anthony Agogo though in the main event of Collision. All right, uh, Takeshka faced off against Damon Ace squash match. That's all you got to say. Yeah, and then Don Callis spoke about everything that everything that Kenny has is because of him. Everything that the Elite has is because of him. Kenny beat Will Ospreay because of him, so that just continues to push Kenny versus Will Ospreay. I'm assuming Kenny's going over in that. Okay. But uh, speaking of Brock Anderson, we saw backstage Christian. You spoke about Brock Anderson. I have well, no. Cl- I said speaking of Brock Anderson. Why? Like why Anthony? Go- I don't. I- oh well, Anthony Agogo was one of the names that they were heavily pushing for some reason for the Wembley show, even though we haven't seen him in years. Who said that? That's Alter? on all the press releases for. For uh, Good. give him a dark match. He sucks. What is it called? What is the, the event called? Uh, all out. All in. All in. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. But oh, yeah, so Christian week. Christian was cutting a promo, and you hear like the oh 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 in the in the locker room, and out comes Luchasaurus, and and Christian introduces like oh you took something from me, Art Anderson. Look what I'm doing for you, and Happy Father's Day. Yeah, so it was him beating up uh, Brock Anderson. So that's you know, let's see Brock Anderson versus Luchasaurus next week. Could have been the main but, event. No. After that, we oh saw God, Chris Statlander pick up the victory over Anna JAS to retain the TBS championship. We saw Matt Menard get involved a couple of times. Yep. And we saw Ty Valkyrie watching this match, and she looked like she was frustrated that Statlander because, won the match. Because it should have been her. That's but the was thing. She, was she hoping for Anna J to win? Like, would she still have been pissed off? No, because she keeps watching. She's like, that should be me. I should be the TBS championship. Chris Statlander, you know, me. I... Yeah, that's exactly it. So it, uh, we'll see something going forward with Taya and Chris Statlander in the she's future. She's got to turn heel, like big time. Heel. Taya? Oh, she'd be. Fun- she's a yeah. phenomenal heel. So, but I'm saying she's got to turn heel in this. Like, oh, I know she does. You know, we're we're gonna see her uh, looking awkwardly at the at the screen, and then one night she'll one week she'll come out and just beat up Chris Statlander. Everybody will love uh, Chris Statlander more because everyone loves the babyface, and then you know they'll boo Taya more. 
But I think Ty, yeah. Ty's got it in her, too, to be an outstanding heel. Yeah. And then the main event saw Jay White pick up the victory over Ricky Starks. Uh, Ricky Starks attacked Jay White during his entrance. I think the referee kind of had, like, no control here. Yeah. Even, like, they were fighting up on... I think they were fighting up on the ramp, and the ref's like, come on, get back in the ring. Well, it's like, just count. Just count them out. Yeah. Um, the end of the match, though, I thought the ref bump spot was really goofy. Because it, like, <laughs> it, cl- it, like, act- it yeah, like cl- well. didn't even, like, clip him. Um, it clipped him. The guns run in and hit 310 to Yuma on Ricky Starks. Um, and Jay White hits the Blade Runner. So he had insult to injury uh, for the one, two, three. So... So I do think that Jay White, given the the announcement of collision, I think he needed this victory. And also, too, he's a guy that's coming right just from New Japan. So and especially hyping up, uh, maybe he'll be maybe he'll face off CM Punk at. Uh, well, I, I'm seeing now the rumors are it's going to be CM Punk versus Kenta, but like. You can't, I'm sorry, but you can't have Kenta lose to CM Punk, especially because, no. like, it's the battle of the GTS, and he's the one that started using it first. So. Um, also, um, uh, what was I going to say? I don't know. What were you going to say? Jay White. Jay White. Collision. Yes. Oh, are the guns <laughs> now going to be in the Bullet Club Gold? Or I think what do you that, think about that? So I was looking at the wrestling uh, social media, and they were like, oh, top five moments, this, this. Guns join Bullet Club Gold. I'm like. When did they ever say that? Because they were wearing black pants. Wait, did did AEW post that or no? They didn't. Oh, it was just wrestling's, uh, you know, header on their. Uh, I think it was on their Instagram. It does right? seem like perhaps they could be the next to join, but. And then we didn't even mention after after this match, Juice Robinson came out to hump the mat for some reason. Because he's Juice Robinson, he does whatever he wants. Doesn't have social media, humps the mat. You know, <laughs> help, celebrates. That's how he celebrates. So good. So. So, yeah, that's AEW. The uh, road to uh, Forbidden Door has started this week. Next week, we'll see what's going on. Uh, Rampage this week. We have um, a four-way match between Britt Baker, Sky Blue, Mercedes Martinez, and Nyla Rose. Whoever wins will be the number one contender for the AEW World Women's Champion. I don't get how Nyla Rose is in a match like that again. Come on. She had a successful... uh, She just lost. What do you mean it's successful? She she just lost the match. She had a great showing against... Chris Statlander. Um, you also have, as we spoke about, Lucha Bros and Bandito versus Ethan Page, Lee Moriarty, and Big Bill. The Claimed and Daddy S will be facing off the Spanish Announced Project. Uh, and Powerhouse Hobbs is going to be in uh, action. And then next week for Rampage, uh, we spoke about it. It'll be Tony Storm versus the winner of that four-way match on Rampage. In an Eliminator match, it's going to be Adam Cole versus MJF, which I don't want to happen. Uh, Blackpool Combat Club will be facing against the Hung Bucks. And Mogul Embassy will be facing off against Darby Allen, Sting, Orange Cassidy, and Keith Lee. Who's so in that that the the number one contendership match for the women? You don't listen to me, do you? No, it's Britt Baker, Sky Blue, Nyla Rose, and, oh, and Mercedes, Mercedes Martinez. Martinez. That's the one match I can't. Yeah, I can't predict. I know because Britt doesn't need it. Like that's, no, I don't like... think Britt. Britt's not going to win it. It's either going to be Mercedes Martinez or Sky Blue, and, and given how. Where where's Mercedes Martinez been? I'm pretty sure it'd be Sky Blue there. Yeah, or maybe it's maybe it's Brit. She's been Brit. Brit has been in a uh, embroiled feud with the uh, the social outcasts. Or what, what are they called? The outcasts. Just the outcasts. Just the outcasts. Okay. So, all right, cool. So that's it for the professional wrestling portion of marking out. We're gonna take a 
brief break, and Brandon will be back with you to talk about the world of the WWE here on Mark and Out. This is Aaron Sheik. You listen to the Mark and Out. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Mark and Out, episode 644. I'm just going to go right into WWE Talk, talk about some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Kicked off with Seth Rollins, who spoke about how he issued an open challenge and Damian Priest accepted it. And then he put Judgment Day over. It led to Damian Priest and Finn Balor to come out. And Damian Priest said that Seth Rollins deserves to be champion. But... He's beaten everybody just like Seth Rollins has. And the ending, I guess, was just for Priest to agree to leave the rest of the Judgment Day in the back for their match, which Finn Balor was kind of pissed off at, but Damian Priest accepted it. I liked Seth Rollins taking a dig at at Finn Balor's Universal Championship reign, which was one day, unfortunately. But this promo, this segment, it wasn't like a bad segment. It wasn't a bad promo. I just feel like we didn't need it. I feel like we could have just had the open challenge. Like, John Cena's open challenges were fun and exciting because it was unexpected. So I would have liked maybe, I don't know, maybe not announcing it before Monday Night Raw. Only to go into this segment. But the first matchup saw Becky Lynch pick up the victory over Sonya Deville to qualify for the Money in the Bank ladder match. I was really hoping that Sonya Deville was going to win this because Becky Lynch, I don't think she needs to be in that match at all. But Chelsea Green did some distracting here. Trish Stratus and Zoe Stark came out, which distracted Becky Lynch. But it was all temporary distractions. Nothing big. Chelsea attacked Becky Lynch at one point. Becky fought back. But... Becky went. She she picked up the victory here. I like I said, I don't think she needs to be in the money in the bank. Especially if she's feuding with Trish Stratus and Zoe Stark. But that'll at Money in the Bank, not to skip ahead, but Zoe Stark beats Natalia to qualify. So I think with Becky Lynch getting in, Stark makes sense. So and then in that match, Trish Stratus attacked Natalia behind the referee's back, but I think it makes sense for Zoe to be in that, so they'll continue that feud and it'll stretch it to SummerSlam, I assume. I don't see either of them winning the Money in the Bank. We saw Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn interviewed, and Sami was saying that it was nice to see the Usos finally doing what they should have done months ago, and then corrected himself to just Jimmy doing what he should have done months ago. Imperium interrupted them and said that they're the problem now, which sets up Kevin Owens and Gunter. They're painting Kevin Owens to be some sort of hothead who can't think straight. So he kind of worked himself into this match where he's like, no, screw this. We're going to go to the ring right there and wrestle. Gunter picks up the victory over Kevin Owens. Um, And I mean, he got his ass kicked for most of it. I didn't understand that. What happened to fight Owens fight? He had a comeback, but no way was Gunter losing this. I think the the first half of this match was just okay. The last half I thought was was great. In NXT, I think this match would have been much better from start to finish. 
But we saw Imperium jump Sami Zayn. Kevin Owens made the save. And then Gunter rolled up Kevin Owens off that distraction to pick up the victory. I would like a different, a very different direction for Kevin Owens right now. Because we've seen him. It's fight Owens fight. It's also just keep fighting. After that, Matt Riddle was interviewed. And he said that he's tired of seeing Imperium cheat. And then they interrupted him and told him to watch his mouth. And then Riddle jumped both Kaiser and Vinci and made them look like chumps. So, like I said the other week, I'm pretty sure they're building him up to be that next big challenger for Gunter. And I think that might be the strongest we've ever seen Matt Riddle look in WWE. After that, we have the Horsewomen interviewed. And they said that they want to take on any team. Caden Carter and Katana Chance entered to accept. Led to the Horsewomen defeating Caden Carter and Katana Chance. In what was being billed as their debut match on Monday Night Raw. Caden Carter's wrestled on Monday Night Raw before. But as a tag team debut match for them on Monday Night Raw. I obviously wanted to see Katana Chance and Caden Carter pick up that victory. But that wasn't happening. I did like that it was not a one-sided match like I thought it would be. I liked when Caden Carter kicked Shayna Baszler's leg out from underneath her from uh, in the corner. Like Shayna Baszler did to her moments before. I thought that was a nice, like, anything you can do, I can do better spot. But the horsewomen cheated during the match. Katana Chance and Caden Carter, I would say, held their own at times. They even were able to hit their finisher on Ronda Rousey. So, overall, I think it was a good debut for them. And I'm looking forward to seeing them more. We saw Bronson Reed approach Ricochet and he spoke about being in the Money in the Bank match and how he should also be in and not Ricochet. Not also, but he should be in instead of Ricochet. And he brought up Shinsuke Nakamura beating Bronson Reed. And Nakamura then interrupted... And Bronson Reed said next time he'll be the one to win. And then Ricochet and Nakamura went back and forth, led to their match, which I didn't really understand why they were doing a match with the two of them. Like, I get that they're both in the Money in the Bank match, and it was a good match, but maybe it's just not needed. But what they did afterwards, I get, but like, I still don't get it. But Nakamura and Ricochet ended in a no contest because Bronson Reed showed up and attacked both of them. And some of the crowd booed, but when he hit the tsunami on Ricochet, they chanted one more time. So it seems like only a matter of time before he gets added to the money in the bank as well. Not Miz. Like I said last week, it seems like Bronson Reed will be added, not Miz. Uh, We saw Alpha Academy backstage with the gist being that Chad Gable is going to now train Maxine to face Valhalla. So I think we'll see Maxine wrestle soon. We had a Miz TV segment where Cody Rhodes was the guest and he said Brock's now hibernating. And then Miz brought out Dominic. He, He ambushed Cody, I guess, with Dominic. Because he's also a generational talent and Rhea Ripley was with him. But Cody had to have been loving the heat that Dominic was was getting there. 
I, I can't imagine. I have not been at a, an event in, in quite some time, so I haven't heard like a live crowd boo Dominic. But I think that's a, a cool thing to probably experience live, especially being in the ring with the person they're booing. But Dominic called Cody Rhodes a deadbeat dad, like Rey Mysterio. And then Cody called Dominic a mistake, and Dominic slapped him. And when Cody went to go retaliate, Rhea Ripley got in his face. And they left. Miz laughed at all of it, so Cody clocked him with the cast, and I thought that was really funny. And that ends that segment. After that, uh, Indus Sheer versus not hurt business did not happen because Indus Sheer attacked both of them beforehand. And then the bell rang or whatever. They, uh, I guess they were calling for, for referees and stuff. They continued their attack. So Indus is getting built up slowly, but surely. And I'm here for it. I would just like more for Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander as well. Main event saw Seth Rollins pick up the victory over Damian Priest to retain the championship. Like I said with that opening segment, I think it it could have been better if it was an unannounced opponent for open challenges. I, For a majority of this, I feel like I wasn't into it. I don't think it was a bad match, but I don't know. It's just something was off here, but... I liked some spots, the barricade, the setup for the barricade powerbomb that Seth hit, I liked. Finn Balor showed up, and Seth Rollins took him out, and Damian Priest got the upper hand for like a second, but he saw Finn Balor, and he questioned why he was there. He was kind of annoyed that Finn Balor showed up, and I thought that was interesting. I hope that's not leading to anything. I don't want to see them break up the Judgment Day. But Seth Rollins picks up the win and Finn Balor goes face-to-face with Seth Rollins to close Monday Night Raw. So, we're getting that match soon. Moving over to NXT, it opened up with footage of Baron Corbin arriving to the arena. He walked in, he had superstars and other people reacting to him. And then he told a woman to hit his music and he went to the ring. He said he's there because the new generation of NXT superstars coming up to Monday Night Raw and SmackDown all have egos. I like that he brought up how his generation of NXT had a sellout crowd at Barclays. He lost to Samoa Joe, but he was still part of that first show. NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. But he changed his focus to Carmelo Hayes Ilya Dragunov interrupted instead and said that he is the first person in line to face Carmelo Hayes. And then Corbin got to bring up being the one to retire Kurt Angle, being the last person to pin Roman Reigns, and how he gets to jump the line because he's the biggest star. And it led to Ilya Dragunov challenging him. And then we saw Trick attack Baron Corbin after Dragunov left. And that was a match that was made instead of Dragunov, I guess because of Braun Breaker's... They they said Braun Breaker attacked Ilya Dragunov earlier in the night. And he showed off during that segment, bruised... His bruised abdomen, I guess you would call that part of the body. (laughs) Stomach. 
But the first match of the evening saw Schism pick up the victory over Diamond Mind. Mine, not mind. Uh, I did like that delayed vertical suplex spot by the Creeds. I, I think we've seen them do that before where they tag in and out while passing the opponent off in that vertical suplex. I like that spot. But Ava tagged in and the very first thing that she did was slap Julius. And then instead of wrestling Ivy, she tagged out. I, I liked the moves that we saw that Ivy did with the Creeds. She suplexed Brutus onto Rip Fowler. And then she was assisted by Julius to do like a lifting swanton. I thought that was really cool. And then during the commercial, they both hoisted her up to dive to the outside. So I like that. And then we saw Ivy Nile. I think she went to attempt to choke Ava out, but she got out of it. And then she ended up choking Jagger. But behind the referee's back, Ava headbutted Ivy Nile in the face with a a mask. And she was able to pick up the victory off of that. And for some reason, people are saying this was her first match in ring, Ava. Forgetting that we've seen her in ring before. Which is weird. After that, though, we saw the D'Angelo's where Stax went to go visit Tony in prison. And I, I laughed. I thought the part was really funny where Tony said that the guards got him a subscription to Peacock so he could watch NXT the next day. And then they both spoke about Kim Kardashian being able to, I guess, get Tony out of prison without actually calling her Kim Kardashian. But, I mean, it's heavily alluded to. You, you understood that's who she was. That's who they were talking about. But... The main thing, Tony thinks it was Gallus who who ratted on him. So he wants Stax to go focus on them, but he also brought up Stax being outnumbered. I don't know what that'll lead to. I don't know who we'll see, I guess, join up with Stax. Part of me would love to see the FBI, but that's just, I don't think that'll happen. We saw Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen later on uh, who were interrupted by uh, Idris Anofi and Malik Blade, who now will also wrestle each other next week because Malik Blade thinks it made Hank and Tank closer. But they they walked in, Hank and Tank walked in, they name-dropped some Taylor Swift, and Tank being a Swifty. Uh, and then the other four of them left, leaving Malik and Anofi by themselves. And Gallus interrupted them, and said that they have no shot at beating them for the tag team championships. So maybe Stax joins up with Idris Anofi and Malik Blade instead of the FBI. <laughs> but those are Mark dreams big time. After that, we saw Von Wagner go to therapy and they like played back footage of the first two encounters where he ended up yelling at both of the, the therapists, I guess. And then somebody walked out crying from the third one and he tried to not go in, but the last one was an attractive woman. So he's like, oh, I'll be right there. And he like winks or whatever and he goes in. I thought that was funny. We'll see what happens more with that. After that, Blair Davenport picked up the victory over Danny Palmer. Very obvious outcome. For the most part, it was pretty one-sided. I don't even know outside of that what I could possibly say. Baron Corbin picked up the victory over Trick Williams. 
Uh, Corbin, I don't understand what that gear was. He just came out shorts and a tank top like he was in a WWE 2K23 performance center training video game. And I found that weird because he he literally knew since last week that he was going to NXT. So I don't know if that's his like new gear or what, but I thought that was weird. Decent match, but in the end, Trick's leg gave out and Baron Corbin was able to take advantage of that to win. And he said he's going to SmackDown, which I'll talk about in a minute. And that he'll be back on NXT next week. We saw Nathan Fraser's talk show where Dragon Lee is now the international correspondent. They both spoke about Noam Dar and his new group. And then it led to Fraser to lay out a challenge for the Heritage Cup next week, which will be taking place. So I'm excited to see that match. We saw Mustafa Ali pick up the victory over Joe Gacy, who said that his next chapter, Mustafa Ali's next chapter is is when he becomes champion. Wesley interrupted him then backstage and Ali was like, no, 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 no. I want to earn it. As far as this match goes, I wish it was longer. I enjoyed Mustafa Ali versus Joe Gacy. But we saw the dyad jump Mustafa Ali as soon as the match ended and Wesley and Tyler Bate both made the save for him. Joe Gacy was furious later on and they all said schism and and Ava was like we have your back next week so we'll see what happens after that Eddie Thor picked up the victory over Damon Kemp (sighs) Kemp controlled the majority of this and for what they keep saying about Eddie Thorpe it didn't make sense Thorpe I think it was obvious that he was going to get the victory there but it wasn't, I don't think this was a standout match like we saw the other week. Kemp's foot ended up being on the rope while Eddie Thorpe had the, the pin. The referee just didn't see it. So I'm sure that'll lead to something. We saw Scripps attack, uh, not attack. We saw Scripps defeat Dabakato. Axiom showed up. And got involved a few times. And I feel like the referee should have a thousand percent called for the bell then. Given that Axiom went into the ring. And he was squaring up with the person wrestling in the match. But Scripps got that quick victory. And Dabakato took both of them out afterwards. That was a bit goofy. They had a segment with Thea Hale and Duke Hudson earlier in the night. In regards to her training with Charlie Dempsey. And Drew Gulak, I thought that was a funny segment. It was about the main event, though. The Battle Royal. We saw Dana Brooke show up to be in the match, which makes zero sense. I'm fine with Dana Brooke being there, but it also makes no sense because she was actually drafted to Monday Night Raw. They kept calling her a free agent. You go back and check, she was in the supplemental draft, I believe. So that part made no sense, but Thea Hale... Won the Battle Royal to become the number one contender. Lyra Valkyria was in it. Uh, Cora Jade, Fallon Henley, Gigi Dolan, JC Jane, Kiana James, Roxanne Perez. Uh, I believe Lola Vice made her de- TV debut here. But Blair Davenport came out and Roxanne Perez went after her. 
leading to Tatum Paxley eliminating herself and I guess aligned herself with Blair Davenport to take out Roxanne Perez. The match itself came down to Dana Brooke and Cora Jade, but then it was revealed that Thea Hale was actually still in it and eventually dumped both Cora and Dana Brooke over at the same time. And then they had a huge Chase U celebration with the with the Cavender twins. That I, I, that's, I guess maybe they're going to be used on TV. Maybe I have no idea. I don't know why they were out there. Maybe they'll be making their TV debut soon, like match wise. I don't know, but huge victory for Thea Hale, and she gets a shot at Tiffany Stratton now. And then at the very, very last minute of NXT, Braun Breaker was seen walking out and they asked him why he attacked Ilya Dragunov and he said that it's because he's not letting him claim that he's the most intense guy in WWE. And then he called out Seth Rollins and invited him to put that title on the line against him in NXT. That was uh, awesome. I have to assume next week we'll see Seth Rollins on NXT and then this match will actually take place at Great American Bash. But we'll see. I don't know. Going to move over to SmackDown, which opened up with Paul Heyman and Solo Sokoa immediately interrupted by Jey Uso, who wanted Paul to say what he was going to say, but to his face. And Paul said it wasn't their fault It was Jimmy's fault. And then explain that Jimmy didn't ask Jay about doing anything he did the other week. He did it all by himself. And then he spun it that Roman Reigns wants Jay Uso as the next tribal chief and that Jimmy knew that. And it's always been that and Jimmy has always known. And he told Jay that he'll bring gold back to the bloodline by taking the U.S. championship on SmackDown, and Jay agreed to the match, but not necessarily going back to the bloodline. Sami Zayn spoke to him later on just to like weigh in his options and, and I guess talk to Jay about everything and said that he hopes that Jay wins the U.S. championship and then the bloodline can see that they need him more than Jay needs them. And if he goes back to the bloodline, it means that there's going to be no more Usos. And then we saw Jay Uso speak with Paul Heyman and he asked for Jay's passport. He asked for his suit measurements just to hype Jay up for money in the bank and everything and rejoining the bloodline. And Jay said that if I rejoin the bloodline, that means you're out. And then Austin Theory later on was interviewed, basically said that he'll win against Jay Uso and Invited Paul Heyman to watch him. Especially if he's going to need a new client come next week. So I thought all that was good. I'll speak about the actual match in a second. But Santos Escobar in the first match picked up the victory over Mustafa Ali to qualify for the money in the bank. I didn't really get why Ali was in this. Because he's inserted into a storyline in NXT. But because of that, I think Santos needed that victory here. I mean, he needed the, the the win regardless because he hasn't really had that many matches won since they reformed the LWO, so I'm happy with that. But LA Knight came out to do commentary, 
the match itself, I liked the Hurricane Rana off the apron and the steps that Escobar did. And then I thought it was really dope. He hit the Phantom Driver from the middle rope to pick up the victory. And I thought when Ali, like, he started elbowing uh, elbowing him, I thought we weren't going to see it. But Escobar, like, hulked up almost and, and hit it. And I thought that was a good ending. After that, the Unholy Union had an in-ring interview, which was instantly interrupted by the Horsewomen. And Shayna brought up how she's really the reason why the NXT tag titles were created. And Ronda Rousey wants the, the titles. They accepted a title versus title match and then brawled where the horsewomen had the upper hand at first. But Isla Dawn made the save and they both uh, separated. But commentary called it a unification match. And I really don't want to see either team lose the titles. After that, Bailey defeated Mia Yim to qualify for the Money in the Bank match. AJ Styles was on commentary. I liked Bailey mocking him at the beginning of that. I thought it was funny. And I really thought Mia Yim would lose due to some sort of distraction. But Bailey faked a hurt nose, which she didn't really get to take advantage of that. But she ended up pulling Mia Yim's hair. And that led to the end. She hit the rose plant and picked up the victory there. Although Mia's shoulder was up, I don't know if they're going to spin that or what, but Scarlett showed up afterwards and blew some red dust into AJ's face and Karrion Cross locked him in the cross jacket. Backstage, Bianca Belair spoke with Adam Pierce. She wants Asuka. And Adam Pierce is like, not now. I need to present Asuka with a new title and I don't want you to go out there and attack her. Let's put a pin in it. And then he goes, has that championship presentation. He unveils the new title. It's like Roman's championship, but with a white strap. And Charlotte Flair showed up. And Adam Pierce told her to get in line. She said she doesn't wait in line. She made the line. And then she challenged Asuka and Asuka accepted. But I think that's so goofy. I don't want to see that match anymore. Adam Pierce ended up speaking to somebody on his phone about maybe doing it the night before Money in the Bank and Bianca Belair was pissed off and he said they'll figure it out which I assume maybe it'll be a triple threat match before Money in the Bank on SmackDown but I, I just I can't watch Asuka versus Charlotte Flair anymore and it's just so annoying that it seems like Charlotte just always shows up and and gets that title shot even when, before she when she was champion last she showed up and, and beat Ronda Rousey in under a minute. I don't need that. But Butch, after that, picked up the victory over Baron Corbin to qualify for the Money in the Bank ladder match. Just like Mustafa Ali, I don't really get why Corbin was in this. But Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes sat ringside for this. And commentary sort of spun it as if Corbin wins. Then he can cash in on Carmelo Hayes. And like I said last week, when Gunther spoke to Riddle about winning the Money in the Bank and hoping that he cashes in on him, I like the potential aspect of that with the Money in the Bank to open it up for all championships because that's something that we've wanted for a long time now. U.S. Championship last year with Corbin, that that threw us for, uh, with Austin Theory, I mean, this year, threw us for a loop. But... I've kind of wanted that for the NXT championship, at least. Um, 
But Baron Corbin cut a promo on Carmelo Hayes before the match. Also still in his goofy warm-up gear from NXT, which I don't understand. And the match itself, not much took place. Corbin took his eyes off of Butch. Butch rolled him up and won. I popped that Michael Cole mentioned chef reactions on commentary because they've kind of been feuding on TikTok for some reason. But uh, Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes kind of almost got into it with Corbin afterwards. Referees broke it up. And I think they got a big NXT chant, which was nice to hear. And then Butch was interviewed backstage and Baron Corbin interrupted, but quickly got attacked by Cameron Grimes. After that, EO Sky picked up the victory over Shotzi Blackheart to qualify for the Money in the Bank. As soon as the bell rang, Bailey caused a distraction for Shotzi, which I think the referee should have kicked her right then and there, but he didn't. And then she did it again right in front of the referee, and the referee didn't do anything. And EO worked on Shotzi's arm throughout the match, but it was Bailey. Knocking her off the top rope behind the referee's back to actually get the win there. So I would say the referee kind of screwed Shotzi Blackheart out of potentially being in the Money in the Bank match. We saw Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn backstage talking, which was interrupted by Pretty Deadly. Then the Brawling Brutes showed up, the OC, LWO Street Profits, and Kevin Owens freaked out. Adam Pierce showed up and... Basically just set up a gauntlet match for number one contenders next week on SmackDown. So I think that should be a a fun match to look forward to. In the main event, we saw Austin Theory pick up the victory over Jey Uso to retain the U.S. championship. I think they had a pretty good match before everything happened with the ending. Even though the ending I thought was, was a really good ending. The referee got bumped after Jey hit. Austin Theory with a super kick. Austin Theory like uh, flew back into the referee. And he went, hit a a Nuso splash on Theory, pinned him, but the referee was out. Pretty Deadly showed up to attack Jey Uso, but Jimmy ran down and made the save, which triggered Solo to run down and attack Jimmy. And he went to go take Jimmy out with that Samoan spike, but Jey stopped him and... Jimmy went to super kick solo, but accidentally hit Jay. And then Jimmy took solo out. Jay Uso lost because Austin Theory stole the victory there off that super kick from Jimmy. And he was pissed off. Big Uso's chant when Jimmy went to help him up, but he shook Jimmy off, left the ring, still pissed off, stopped by Paul Heyman and solo. And Paul was just apologizing to Jay. And Jay like brushed them off and left. So I thought that was a really good ending to SmackDown. Uh, Hey, Chris, got a match of the week? Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. My match of the week this week, I spoke about it. Uh, earlier on the show, but I should you should go watch it on the Premier Streaming Network. Matt Cardona versus Phil Cardigan. A lot of fun. Uh, good wrestling. Fun spots in here. So go check it out on Premier Streaming Network. FWF Live 5. Just watch the whole event. It was great. I'm going to watch it again at some point this weekend. 
Well, that's it. Brandon, who are you shouting out? I am Grover, and you're listening to Brandon's Shoutouts! American-born Chinese gets the first shout-out, which is a new show on Disney Plus based on, I think it's a graphic novel by the same name, but it's about a teenager who meets an exchange student who then turns out to be the son of Monkey King, who's like a legendary figure in Chinese literature, apparently. And he's looking for a mythical fourth scroll that'll help save heaven. It's an interesting show. Um, Kiwi Kwan is on it. Okay, He plays like a sitcom character that's like kind of going through like a parallel of what the main character is going through. Okay. With just trying to fit in. Uh, Michelle Yeoh is on it as well. Lucy Liu actually directed an episode. So I would say check it out on Disney+. Plus. Cynthia Weil passed away last week at the age of 82. So the next shout-out goes to her. You might be unfamiliar with her name, but I think you're definitely familiar with her songs that she and her husband, Barry Mann, wrote. Like, uh, You've Lost That Love and Feeling by The Righteous Brothers. Know that one well. Here You Come Again by Dolly Parton. On Broadway by The Drifters. Make Your Own Kind of Music, that Mama Cass saying it's been kind of viral on TikTok as of late. But she was like a staple of the music to come from the Brill Building with uh, obviously Barry Mann and uh, Carol King, Neil Diamond, Paul Simon, Neil Sedaka, all of them turning out hits. So if you don't know her, look her up, listen to her songs this weekend. And then comedian Pat Cooper also passed away this week at the age of 93. Too many people dying, man. Yeah. Known as the comedian of outrage, he would often make fun of his Italian-American heritage. Very similar to, like, the Jewish comedians of that era. But he opened for all the big acts. Like, he opened for Frank Sinatra, Tony Bennett, uh, Sammy Davis Jr. He would have opened for him. And then in later years, he appeared on, uh, I think, probably just one episode of Seinfeld where Jerry was, he was uh, Jerry's sponsor into the Friars Club. Okay. He was also in Analyze This, Analyze That. And much like the Iron Sheik, he was a very frequent guest on the Howard Stern Show. So you could look up his comedy acts on YouTube and stuff like that. My dad actually somehow went to the roast of Pat Cooper at the Friars Club. I'm not sure how, but he did, and he met Artie Lang there and got me an autograph of Artie's. So, it's unfortunate, but those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for... Our Right, our mark out moment of the week. What do you got? Do you have anything? Uh, you know what? Like, I think say some stuff first because then I'll start. I mean, we didn't uh, we didn't talk about it last week, but I want to talk about it this week. The Rider Taker video that Matt Cardona and Steph Delander put out. I thought I popped huge for, especially the fact that he had Steph as a tattoo on his neck. <laughs> it was so good. Um, is there anything else I marked out for this week? 
Um, well, at the Long Island Championships this past week, I know it doesn't, not, it doesn't have to do with wrestling, but one of the goalies was, like, putting on a freaking show, man, and, like, we were all, like, going nuts for him. Like, he had, like, one like one unbelievable save after another unbelievable save, and we were just, like, all screaming and going nuts. It was great, but it was a long-ass day. Um, goodbye, Rachel, my wife. She's here. I asked her to give me food, and she said there's egg rolls. There's hot dogs. Nice. They're they're thawing in the sink. Um, so, yeah, so that was it. Um, but nothing else. Uh, Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man, I was marking out big for it because I thought it was a fantastic movie. Um, what about yourself, Brandon? There's a, a reality comp- a competition show on Fox called Stars on Mars where they simulate what it's like to live on Mars. And they all have to do tasks in order to stay on the show. Okay. But it's hosted by WWE Hall of Famer. William Shatner <laughs> also features a current women's tag team champion in Ronda Rousey. And then there's like other celebrities who are related ish to wrestling. I mean, not fully, but Tanache is one of them. She sang America, who? the beautiful. She's a singer. She sang America, the beautiful at WrestleMania 33. Ar- yeah. Ariel winter who okay. starred in the movie, the chaperone with triple H who also guest hosted Monday Night Raw because of that movie, <laughs> is is a cast member. And then uh, a bit of a stretch, a big stretch perhaps. Lance Armstrong has been uh, seen in the crowd at Monday Night Raw before. He's a cast member as well, but... Yeah, yeah that was like a real big stretch, buddy. No, yes, it's a that's a very, very, very big stretch. But yes, he's been seen. They Like, you know when they give the graphics to the crowd? Okay. He's one of them. But, uh, yeah, so I thought it was cool that there's, like, so many... I mean, just to have William Shatner and Ronda Rousey together, I think is funny. But, um, yeah, so there's that. And then I definitely marked out at Braun Breaker challenging Seth Rollins to come defend the title at NXT. Seth Rollins is going to blow him up sky high. It's going to be fantastic. Can't wait. I'll actually watch NXT for that. Well, I'm, I'm assuming that's Great American Bash, though. Yeah, I know. Well, I, whatever it is, I'll watch it. Just I think see. July something. July 30th, maybe? Really? Oh, that's maybe a busy... Not. I'm going to see Mudvayne that weekend on the 28th. Is that Jones Beach or no? Yeah, Jones Beach. Mudvayne, Coal Chamber, Guar. You know that whole venue is getting renovated right now? Really? Yeah, there's going to be a whole new entrance and everything when you <sighs> show up there. Can't wait. Good because it, it's it needs a fresh paint of coat or whatever they with it whatever coat of paint yeah whatever it doesn't don't matter no this matters I don't think any, they're doing anything to the the bowl or anything itself or I played no mercy mezzanine. I played no mercy this week Brandon nice yeah so. getting prepared for uh, yeah getting prepared fight maybe forever maybe I'll do a, a stream this weekend or something like that maybe when I get some time over the next couple of weeks get ready for fight forever so all right that's it right anything else. Mm-hmm. All right, well, next week you'll have Brandon, you'll have Dave, you won't have me. I'll be in Disney, um, and that'll be it. So we'll talk about all a bunch of stuff next week. Until then, Facebook.com slash out, Twitter.com slash out, YouTube and Instagram.com slash out 11 TikTok at out. Email us, out one at gmail.com, and you can buy our merchandise at ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. You can follow me on Twitter, Chris Sweendog. Dave, who's not here, he's back in the United States, at DavidPTDPT. And Brandon on all the social media influencing platforms at BTTG161. So, until next week, we wish you the... The... The...
best of luck, of luck in your future endeavors. Have a fantastic week. Oh.